0: of your host, Vanessa Guerrero, and I haven't said those words for like weeks.
1: I'm your other host, Elijah Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I immediately feel uh, weirdly like intimidated, like it's the first time I've ever uh, sat in front of this microphone, and it's not, but it's the first time in a couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) We had a like hefty backlog that we had to do uh, because what we thought was like two weeks of uh, getting some work done (laughs) has been a straight month yeah uh. <laughs> we were uh,
1: packing and moving and such, and I think uh, both of us were a lot busier than we like anticipated or like understood. So something that felt like it was less work than it was, like when combined with our day jobs and everything else that we had to do ended up just destroying us.
0: Uh, I mean, it didn't entirely destroy us. You now have a, a loving and uh, cordial relationship with our neighborhood ice cream man.
1: Oh, he's wonderful. He's he's so good to me. Oh, and the donut person around the corner, they always just give me free donuts. It's incredible. We moved to a new neighborhood, and there's a donut shop where they just give me free donuts. <laughs>
0: Elijah's at a dangerously walkable distance from Donuts Pizza and uh, our like corner store now um so we've eaten a lot of sodium
1: it's a real good life uh but yeah we're uh, we were real behind uh and i actually i wonder uh how it uh, you know how it translates from the listener perspective because we did like pre-record some guest episodes and just release them on the regular schedule so Was i guess it just like, like a
0: hologram of us yeah well i mean i feel like
1: it, you know it would seem like nothing changed from the listener but perspective. i feel a thousand years old yeah no i feel like i've not done kicking and screaming or like interacted with any like friends uh from the podcast
0: In i miss a, the discord i miss same. talking about movies i'm so excited to jump back into it because i feel like this week, especially, I think because we've also like unpacked most of our essentials, although I ca- still can't find like salt in most of my underwear. <laughs> uh, I don't own any
1: pants anymore.
0: You have only found one pair of pants the whole time we've been, been here. I've only found
1: one pair of pants for like two I minutes. know
0: where all of our haunted house animatronics are.
1: Yeah, those are all set up. We've got a werewolf, got two zombies,
0: DVDs, books. That's, I know where all of those things are.
1: Can't find pants,
0: can't find underwear. Mm. <laughs> but like I could definitely tell you where I can find like three copies of the thing
1: I was like really careful about uh, where I packed my VR headset because I was like oh I'll want to unpack that right away <laughs> but I just literally don't know where my pants are
0: <laughs> I know where all of my VHS's are I know yeah. where all of them and exactly which ones are and I cannot find any of my medications <laughs> We're having a good time. (laughs) It's it's pretty...
1: What? Something keeps making a sound over there. Sorry, I made a face. Oh, fuck. I think
0: I left my Discord open on my computer.
1: Oh, okay. Discord's making a sound. No,
0: you're not being haunted by, like, bubbles. I thought it was
1: a cyber ghost.
0: It's not a cyber ghost this time.
1: I was hoping our house was haunted by the ghost of a robot.
0: (laughs) Although, I was talking to someone else that recently, like, moved into, like, not an apartment. (laughs) Um... (laughs) No, no, no. Sorry, this will make really about this segue. It'll <laughs> make sense in a second. It'll make sense. I was talking to Tom Reinman before we started a uh, podcast that I guested on with um, him and David Bell over at Hypecast, and he also was somebody that like like us lived in an apartment for like a really, really long time and then like moved into a house for the first time in like eternity and also has been going through the stages of this place is haunted because houses make so much fucking noise.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I it mean, just like,
0: creaks like all the time.
1: Yeah, well, because you, you grew up Largely in a house, right? Like you, like in like childhood times. Childhood, you were in a house. but like yeah. if
0: you take how long I like grew up in that house versus like how much I didn't. Right. Um, we're at fifty-fifty now.
1: Okay. No. See, I like I effectively have never really lived in a house. I like. Yeah. I. Owned a place in Denver briefly because there was like oh, dude time in my early twenties when I was very successful, weirdly. We uh, get
0: it. You had a million versions. You had like Elijah Punches, you had Boy Detective. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was when I owned a, a successful chain of video game stores. That was uh, when
0: before I was a, Neck Hole Elijah. Yeah, that
1: was when I was a young entrepreneur and I was very successful. Uh, but yeah, I uh, owned a place, but it was like a duplex that was like, you know, like part of a larger unit. Uh, So I've never in my life lived in like a house that is just a standalone place that has a yard and just like isn't surrounded by other buildings and other like homes with people living in them. And yeah, the difference with which you are like insulated from sound in apartment complexes and like, you know, condos and whatever. uh, In a house, everything just sounds like it's really close to you. So every time someone closes a door... It feels like they're like like a car door on the street. Someone like opens or closes their door. It sounds like they're in our house slamming a door every time. I'm like, what the fuck? There's a burglar. And it's just like that's how sound travels in a house i guess well and i'm always like
0: comfortably used to the sounds of people like i always like hear a neighbor giggling i once made friends through a wall because i heard the reanimator soundtrack (laughs)
1: uh and i like
0: (laughs) like like saw them in the hallway and i was just like hey man um although inverse version i once had somebody check on me because i listened to love will tear us apart for 12 hours (laughs) <laughs> I think if I hear
1: anyone listening to a song for 12 hours, I assume that they put the song on repeat and then died.
0: <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, but like specifically like long. Joy Division's Love Will Us yeah, Apart, they rough. were like, are you okay? And I was like, no. You were not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't left this bathrobe in like a week. Um, and uh, then my neighbor uh, gave me a joint and we uh, looked at the pool like it was a weird Zach Braff movie. Um it's cool. felt very like garden statey except like real um
1: never seen garden state, but it like I just like you know, I've seen posters and like maybe a trailer and it feels like a thing where like a dude got depressed and looked at a pool. It's got real trash
0: bag like. and a wind energy yeah, yeah um, but uh you know what? doesn't have that energy
1: this podcast this
0: podcast um we are a little bit behind on some patreon stuff just because getting the technical end has been tough to set up uh but we're getting a video up tomorrow uh oh well it will be tomorrow so the night of this episode dropping don't know why i did Uh, that in that accent yeah that was cool um
1: a little theatrical
0: a big banking of minisodes back up and then uh we're also having a new monthly bonus bonus uh, podcast coming to the patreon and that is a creepypasta uh, book club that i'll be doing with uh, one of our collaborators hollis black yeah we love hollis friend of the podcast patreon contributor uh
1: to date they've uh, written two articles on the patreon yeah. about video games which is very cool
0: and now they've pitched a series of articles about weird horny horror games um, um, they've been looking through the, uh, <laughs> the indie market and guess mean, what? They're mostly uncomfortable. Been getting horny um, with it. and, uh, uh, I just realized, uh, do you want to do the show with us? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I'm like super busy.
0: Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> can
1: i can i be like a featured guest like when i come on the like everyone's like
0: oh elijah's on this one all right mark my words i'll like edit like the (laughs) studio audience sound (laughs) and then like the door opening and then you'll be like hey guys what's going on
1: i want like a good like creek slam sit and then the crowd goes wild
0: yeah and then i make hollis explain what the story was to you in 30 seconds
1: nice love it
0: hell yeah uh i I love that i'm building this podcast and not even telling them Can Uh,
1: can i get a zany uh like catchphrase for when I show up. Hell yeah. Like, hey kids, pizza time. And all right, it's like, gonna be hey, kids pizza time. Oh,
0: damn it. Um, all right. So the first creepy pasta that they pitched for our first one, uh, so in about two weeks, we're gonna record it after everyone has time to read it. Um, I'm mad at them because they picked literally one of my least favorite ones. Aww. Um, <laughs> it's fine, I'll have my day. Uh, because this is something that I'm actually gonna be like kind of exploring in a lot of different places um, both with like some other publications but also like I, I could give some more details later but I'm like it's gonna be the year of Vanessa doing a deep dive into a creepypastas. I feel like every year of my life, I pick one horror thing to like dive into real hard. Right, right. Because I think when you met me, I was coming off of like the tail end of like some serious slasher research. Yeah, yeah. And the year before that was my uh, J horror year. Nice. So I feel like this is the year of creepypasta because I've been like, or just like internet horror specifically because I've been like locked inside for a year and thinking about it. Right. right. Um. So yeah it's kind of be interesting how much i'm gonna be like diving into this but uh hollis is having a start off with dead bart which is like one of my least favorite of the creepypasta genre like lost episode anything i like don't love because it's really hard to like pull off well but i'm excited to you know just like get into like why people like making them as a whole because i think the idea of like finding a sinister piece of media is like very like intrinsically appealing i'm
1: i'm actually a sucker for that uh it's a type of horror that is uh effective for me and at this point i guess we shouldn't talk too much about it because then we're just doing the creepypasta no, but podcast. i like hearing you say it uh well i'll come on as a special guest at some point and i'll elaborate further oh, and elijah's
0: pizza corner yeah
1: pizza corner oh my god <laughs> anyways uh no but I'm very excited uh to hear your creepypasta podcast on the patreon thank you it's a good alliteration there's a lot of peas in there Uh, And what else do we have coming up on the Patreon? Uh, We're going to have, as you said, mini-sodes. We're going to finally get that uh, mixing and drinking episode up, which we recorded a while back and then had some trouble with the editing. And then all of our stuff is packed. Uh, we have more uh, self defense instructionals uh, in our make it to the end of the movie series. Which we can
0: now shoot a little bit more bonkers because we have more space to yeah. throw each other around.
1: Yeah, we could like set up the crash pad. You can throw me on the ground. Oh, uh, I
0: miss the v- being flung around on the ca- crash pad.
1: Yeah, it's a good time. Uh,. We're gonna we're gonna stick to a regular schedule. We have more illustrations. There's the T-shirt of the month club with uh, shirts shipping out soon. There was, I swear, there was something else on the Patreon that I was like excited to announce. And I'll remember it later and we'll talk about it next week, maybe. Uh, but also uh, to all of our patrons, uh, let us know. Shoot us a DM, comment on the Patreon, send us messages on the Patreon or on Twitter or whatever. Let us know uh, what kind of content you've enjoyed, what other content you would like to see, uh, what kind of stuff you like. Just, uh, you know, let us know. Oh, that's the thing. That was the exciting thing uh because we had been uh kind of calling it a digital zine uh i w- wanted to just uh for like kind of our first batch of content as a fun little bonus for uh contributors and patrons uh print an actual physical zine oh that yeah like and we have collects. the space
0: to like make it now yeah yeah
1: so uh that that should be uh you know and going out uh relatively soon uh just as like a fun little collectible uh yeah you if know you're on the patron you're for thing. sure getting one yeah yeah anyone that's signed doesn't up right matter now, what basically. tier you're on
0: right now you're gonna get it yeah
1: and uh you know some of the content will obviously be translated a little bit differently and there's gonna be like some bonus illustrations and different uh stuff that's like only in stupid the puzzles that i make you're gonna make puzzles I love like like puzzles. little rip them
0: up puzzles oh, i love a rip them up <laughs> <laughs> or like a good little rip them up, or like crosswords, uh, in which I just put in uh, <laughs> it's uh, just the word butt, just the word butt a bunch. I was trying to think of like something fun that would be like, because initially I was like slasher names, and I'm like, no, that's too cute. Let's do something more dumb, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was gonna be like uh, <laughs> names of original songs in horror movies, but I was like, no, that's just too stupid, Vanessa. Like Dream Warrior or Fall Break. Nice. Oh. We're going on a fall, fall break. break. <laughs> fucking fall break. Anyway. <laughs>
1: I literally get that stuck in my head once a day because once a day at work, I'm like, going on a... Lunch break. <laughs> and I'm really then I excited. Get the song stuck in my head
0: because there's a podcast I'm guesting on soon that asked me what movie I wanted to do, and that was on their list. And I was like, I'm dying to talk about this. And they're like, Really? Because no one else has. Aww. Um, which makes me excited because then I get to get other people to watch the mutilator. Yes,
1: I love the mutilator. Uh, there was a screening of the mutilator that I I forget what city it was in, but uh, there was a screening where like the director came out and you know introduced it. And as part of the event, uh, they had, like, props from the film on display because, like, the director still just has a bunch yeah. of the original props. Uh, and I saw, like, the event listing for it when I was just, like, looking up things about uh, Mutilator and uh, immediately set a personal goal to, like, someday own a prop from Mutilator. It's I would love thing nothing that more. Want. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, segueing into, like, things I would love nothing more of, Um, I am really excited for this week's episode because I have been wanting one where neither of us have seen the movies that we recommend before.
1: Oh, that's, is this a, is this a first where both movies are like new to one of us? I think that might be. Yeah. It might be a first because we've had some that were like first time watches for like either of us. Yeah. You know, like where like you hadn't seen the martial arts one or whatever, uh, or I hadn't seen the horror, but like, I don't. We had both seen like one of the other ones. Yeah where that's cool this i is think the first one we both gave each a other a new thing it's like a th- like a 30th episode it took us you know thir- i think we have about 30 episodes it took us a while but we got here. Yeah.
0: now uh why don't you tell us what you picked for this week's feature presentation
1: oh yeah god i haven't i haven't done it in a while all right all right so. warm up <clears throat> don't hurt yourself for my feature presentation I've chosen
0: the protector. Um, this is one that we've been wanting to do for a while. <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's definitely one I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, I I think it's one of those ones, and this has happened a few times where there's been a few that like we approach with some like trepidation because we're like over eager to discuss it and i think like uh, me with child's play i was gonna say that and was a eventually
0: case reanimator
1: yeah i was gonna say it was the case with child's play where it's like you know you finally like, like broke the seal with bride of chucky but it was just kind of like man this is gonna be a whole thing yeah like as soon as we start talking about it that's it's just gonna be a thing th- you know four episodes worth of us talking about one movie uh and that's how it's been for me with uh any of basically any thai martial arts film uh because if you are a regular listener, <laughs> uh, you you may know that uh, for a while, for uh, a bad two years, uh, my like full time job was kickboxing in Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
0: just another job that Eliza had. Just, just,
1: just one of them. Just one of them for the list. Uh, but yeah, I was uh I was like a, a Thai kickboxer and uh, just. Uh, you know, basically lived at the gym that sponsored me, uh, and just fought full time. Uh, I was not very good at it, <laughs> but <laughs> I but I did it, and they gave me money because they were
0: suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another reason why I think. You're so excited for vaccine times because then you could just get into get into little clinches again. Yeah, I can just go t-
1: I can just go get into fights. <laughs> you <laughs> just start getting into fights <laughs> again. <laughs> Which is what I'm known for, is just picking street fights.
0: I mean, I've been wanting to watch this for a minute, A, because of how much you sung its praises, and B, uh Tony Ja. Uh yeah. he's he's a he's a real just 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 someone whose like screen presence is something that I've been wanting a lot more of um what i did not expect was not only to like dig the movie but to dig the movie so much that i was like kind of a problem during it
1: yeah i well and we went into it uh i'm sorry at very different energy levels because i had like just clocked out of work was very tired and was like all right we gotta we gotta watch both movies tonight and i gotta i'm gonna i'm gonna pound this red bull and then put on a pot of coffee and you were like pumped up before the movie even started which was great but like the first 15 minutes you were just shaking and screaming
0: like uh, on several different occasions I would just yell this is so cool at you and you were just like trying to become one of the couch <laughs> I was just like this mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh why don't you recap the movie real quick so I can like say what's in my heart?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So for <laughs> anyone uh who who has not seen the film, uh the you know, the there are ones that we recommend that you pause and go watch. And I mean like, you know, if you if you haven't seen The Protector, you should watch it. You don't necessarily need to to pause it because It's a
0: little tricky to find, by the way. Yeah, which was
1: really surprising to me. Uh it's one of those movies that I just assume is everywhere because it's been out forever, and like The it, like, Raid. Yeah, like The Raid, where I'm just like, yeah, I've definitely, I, and I think over the years, at various points in time, I have watched it like once on Netflix, once on Amazon, once on, you know, whatever. It just does like and the like, streaming
0: service shuffle.
1: Yeah, where you know different companies like lose the rights to it at different times. But uh, as of as of recording, the only place that we found it was on iTunes uh, or like Apple Movies or whatever it's called now. Uh, So, you know, we uh, were able to find it and stream it digitally. Uh, But I was surprised that it wasn't on, like, the first four platforms that I checked. Yeah. Uh, But in any case, you should definitely watch it because it's uh, an an incredible movie. Uh, But you also don't necessarily have to worry about spoilers because there's not a lot to that plot, Yeah.
0: Like, I'm going to tell you there's a sweet flying knee kick through a window at one point. Yeah. Um, but you're not really missing anything by me saying it because you just have to see it. It's not,
1: it's not a spoiler. Uh, it
0: did make me yell. This is the best day (laughs) of my life. (laughs) true.
1: No. And it's, uh, it, it is really great to like watch the protector with someone who's seeing it for the first time because it's like, it reminded me, uh, because I, I've, you know, probably seen this movie a dozen times at this point in my life. But like when Tony Jaw like first hit the scene, like when Ong Bak first came out, uh, I think I, I like kind of take for granted how significant that was, uh, in like martial arts movies. But just, just like for me as a person, and <laughs> just in the world, because it was like, you know, such a such a statement that was just like Muay Thai is incredible. Muay Thai looks awesome in movies like, look at this new action star who's, like, the coolest and most impressive action star we've had in, you know, a decade or more. Yeah. Uh, And, like, yeah, the first time you see Tony Jaw hit somebody with a flying knee, it's like holy shit! Like th- th- it's, so I cool. it's I started giggling. I started manically giggling. Yeah, and like we all did because I like uh, you know the the protector was not uh, you know most folks' like first exposure to Tony Jaw would have been on uh, back. Bac. Yeah, and like you know they they were doing films before that. There was like Born to Fight, which was later released over here, but that was the first one that like blew up and got localized. Uh, and I think the first moment that like hits everybody in that way is like, uh, in Ongbok, he, uh, is doing this like underground CD pit fighting kind of thing. Uh, and there's a guy that I, I forget which one it is first. Cause they do this bit twice, which <laughs> the bit was so good. They had to repeat it, but there's two separate fighters. And I think the first one that this happens to is like a British guy whose name is like big Ben and he's really muscular and he gets in his face and goes, fuck Muay Thai! and, like, flips him off. And Tony Cha just teeps him in the face. It's a, like a push kick. But he push kicks him in the face so hard that he basically just stomps his entire head to the ground from standing up. And it's such a, like, quick and, like, uh, emphatic way to start and end a fight in a single move that I think that was the first moment that everyone, like, giggled and was like, oh, shit, this is the best day of my life. Oh, my God. So and, like, much of that. Yeah. So it's it's cool to, like, see it with someone who hasn't, like, had that yet and, like, gets to do the whole, like, whoa. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it does, uh, I guess, kind of, like, remind me that these movies were coming out, you know, before, like, before, like, John Wick changed the way, like, a lot of, like, uh, modern action movies are choreographed with, like, the gritty, like, judo, jujitsu, like, grappling realism and like before marin which was basically Ongbok, but for penchak silat uh so like indonesia and yeah. thailand different martial art uh but you know before marin came out and then led to the raid and you know the raid 2 uh or like the night comes for us all these like uh more recent action films that like you know are, are kind of like existing in the same space but they're like bloodier gorier more violent more extreme in different ways or like grittier and more realistic this was kind of like right at the,
0: the the prep precipice
1: yeah it was the the very beginning of this um kind of like shift from you know your your jackie chans and your jet lee's and like the more classic like kind of like wushu era of like very Balletic martial arts I never know how to say that word It's one that I see written But I never like hear Hear it said out loud Cause you say ballet But then I think it's balletic You know what I mean
0: Yeah I have a few words like that Yeah
1: Anyways uh, It was like the first one That like kind of moved away from that And where you're still getting like Very Like cool flashy Like choreographed fights With like long takes And like uh, You know done by Screen fighters And like actual martial artists And stuntmen uh, but where it does look a little more like two people are actually fighting rather than like oh this very like stylish kung fu that is like quasi mystical and like yeah no one actually fights like that it's like no this is this it's it's gritty he's like kicking guys in the head he's doing flying knees it's meteor yeah it's meteor uh, but he uh, looks like a meteor <laughs> when he hits someone with a flying knee
0: and he hits him with a flying knee because basically uh, this movie is about. A man who is born into protecting elephants.
1: Yes, he is. Uh, which also the the English title is uh, "Protector," uh, and he d- talks about his role as a protector of elephants because they're a sacred and revered animal that would, uh, you know, kings would ride them and it would give them strength. Uh, but the Thai the Thai title for the film uh, is Tom Yum Goong, which is uh, shrimp soup. Uh, why it's well it's also the name of uh the restaurant that plays like a a pivotal role uh the the restaurant which is a thai restaurant in sydney australia in the film uh, is just called tom yum gung uh tom yum is just a, a style of soup and then gung means shrimp you can get tom yum gai is chicken tom yum mu is pork uh this one it is called shrimp soup Uh, I, I didn't know this until I looked at the, uh, Wikipedia page, but I guess every region it was released in, it had a different title. So it's like, it wasn't the protector in every English speaking region. Uh, I, I left my phone so I can't pull up the list, but it has an extensive list. I think, uh, in Spain it was called Thai Dragon. In India, the title translated to like, my elephant, my friend, uh i'm trying to remember there there's a bunch of them though but even like you know like in england and australia and like other english speaking areas it was
0: warrior king revenge of the warrior honor of the dragon in russia uh it was honor of the dragon uh elephant my partner
1: (laughs) there you go uh
0: let's see i think that's yeah that's all of the ones thus far also hold on what was the dragon one there's a few. There's Honor of the Dragon.
1: Honor of the Dragon was what I which and is And then
0: Thai Dragon.
1: Okay. See, and like Thai Dragon makes a little more sense because you're like, yeah, he's a Thai guy and dragons are strong. He's a Thai dragon. Uh but Honor of the Dragon feels... It's
0: straight up the same shit that they did with like early Shaw Brothers movies where it's like they're very much selling something as I don't know what a fuck it is, but I think I know what the people who like this kind of shit would call it. <laughs> it's like true. it's that it's an executive doing that.
1: Yeah, no a hundred percent. And it, it also feels like almost in the uh like Bruceploitation yeah. vein where yeah. Uh, anyways, if you've seen uh the episode of The Simpsons where uh Bart wins a radio contest, uh is gonna give me something stupid. And they offer him ten thousand dollars or an elephant, the gag prize, and he wants the gag prize, and they're like, No, we don't actually have an elephant. So he shows up at the radio station and screams, Where's my elephant? Uh, that's a protector. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a dude going from scene to scene screaming, Where's my elephant? Uh, all right, but let has- me give it
0: my description. It's that scene, but also if it was John like Ty John Wick uh yelling, Where's my elephant? Uh, through the lens of a Van Damme movie.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's all also accurate. Similarly to John Wick, it's like a dude that you don't mess with and no. then someone takes his pet, but his pet is an elephant. Uh, and also we're noting- it's his family, Elijah. It's his family. So in the American version, uh, significant and I think kind of needless change, uh, which, okay, two things. Uh, the American version, which is what's streaming and the version that we watched- which is called The Protector instead of Tom Yum-gung, is about half an hour shorter than the Thai version. Uh, They they cut a lot of stuff, including, like, some action, which obviously you don't want. Uh, They, you know, some of, like, the subplots and stuff that they cut, like, don't care as much about. But uh, one significant change is the thing that, like, kicks everything off is that they, uh, he and his father are at a, uh, like Songkran festival, uh, which is like Thai new year. And it's, uh, you know, like a week long new year celebration, uh, which, uh, consists of a lot of little festivals and there's a ton of fights during Songkran. Like everybody fights during Songkran. I've had some Songkran fights. They're super fun, uh, because you still get paid, but the stakes are kind of lower. Cause like everybody's celebrating and partying and like people, Fight a lot more during that week because it's like just uh, there's so many festivals and fights happening that you can just book, you know, like three fights a day if you really want to go for it. Uh, which also means that like a lot of fighters who are maybe like really, really good when they're like at their peak, like have been fighting a lot all week, they've maybe been partying and staying up late. And so, like, it's a fun week. You'll see like Bangkok, like stadium champions and like you know, heavyweight champs or whatever get like knocked out by like a farmer's son and you know like up in Isan because uh he's you know partying for the weekend and he's already fought three times uh and because of that like song fights are like y- you still get paid everyone still has a good time people still gamble on them but like no one th- like cares as much about like your win or loss record during yeah. that time anyway uh, just fun aside about muay thai <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, they're at a Songkran celebration. Kids are spraying each other with squirt guns and throwing water because water fights are a big part of the celebration all over Thailand during Thai New Year. Uh, And the father is taking their elephant for an elephant inspection to see if it's uh, fit for the king. Uh, It turns out these are false elephant inspectors, and they are in fact uh, trafficking elephants uh, to, to sell it to some criminals who want to eat it uh, because they capture rare and endangered and exotic animals and they uh, serve them at their restaurant in Australia. They serve them to, like, rich sleazy rich people. Holes. Rich dill holes. Uh, and so they they shoot Tony Jaw's dad and take the elephant. An important change... In the Thai version, they shoot him, like, he he's shot either way, and, like, that scene is the same, but he's, like, shot in the shoulder. And in the Thai version, it's like, oh, they shot me, and they got our elephant. In the American version, he's dead. <laughs>
0: and he barely like, mourns his dad. Yeah. Well, it's because
1: he's not supposed to be dead in the actual like cut of the film. They just Yeah, like, it just feels like that. he doesn't
0: give a shit about his dead dad, but he's right. got to get that elephant.
1: Yeah, and well, and so like uh hilarious hilarious thing, there's a few because uh you'll notice the movie it's a mix of like dub and subtitles, uh which is weird and awkward. Uh and they straight up like it's it's these like baked in subtitles that are, you know, like part of the movie. And some of the subtitles are just a lie. They just change dialogue uh, for the American release. So there's a scene where he breaks into a room and goes, you killed my father in the subtitle. And that's 100 percent not what he's saying. <laughs> and so, like, wow. yeah, like they they straight up just changed dialogue. Uh, but. They take his elephant, they shoot his dad, and depending on what country you're watching it in, they may have killed his dad. Uh, and he spends the rest of the movie just beating the shit out of people. He's just He's got to get
0: his elephant back.
1: Just Muay Thai-ing the ever-loving shit out of everyone in front of him.
0: Important thing to note. There's some sequences at the beginning of just him and an elephant being cute. Mm. Um, and I had a little bit of an emotional journey with this movie. Um... <laughs> When it comes to, like, <laughs> you're dying because I had a meltdown. <laughs> so, like, I know what a lot of my favorite things are. Like, most of those answers have been locked. I Like, my favorite movie, chances are, it's going to be the thing unless you, like, catch me on, like, a particularly emotional day, and then I'm going to say Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Uh, if you ask me my favorite song, it's been uh, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush for as long as I can remember. Favorite food? Hot dogs, buddy. Like I, hot dogs. Yeah, right. it's hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, I, like I, I, have eaten a lot of like beautiful and delicious finer things in life, but I don't know, man. It's fucking hot dogs. Yeah. Just Nothing a lot wrong of that. just a lot of shit. I like, I got my shit on lock. Animals never been unlocked, and I realized as we started this movie. <laughs> I didn't know this before that I think elephants are my favorite animal.
1: Yeah, we were watching it, and there's the <laughs> there's the little like explanation at the beginning, which I think uh, because it's it's Miramax, it's Weinstein, and you know they they just do this. They, they have over
0: this... they over explain. Yeah. They assume the audience is both like stupid yet capable of nitpicking everything all at once. Yeah,
1: it's terrible. And so they they did it with Iron Monkey. They do it with this. There's this like you know kind of lengthy exposition at the beginning that's like here's what an elephant is. But they're, like, talking about, uh, you know, the role that elephants would serve to, like, ancient rulers of Thailand and how they would ride them into battle. And you were, like, fuck yeah. Why wouldn't you ride an elephant? Elephants are so strong. They're so
0: strong and they're so majestic (laughs) and they're so beautiful. And, like, why would any other country not have their, like, most important and cherished thing be an elephant?
1: You were literally, like, man, why doesn't everyone ride elephants? Elephants are incredible. like, yeah, you I I watch the gears turning as and then he like it's like carrying him around and it's tusks and they're like petting it and they like he like hugs its trunk and it looks all sweet. And you're like, yo, I think elephants are my favorite animal. And I'm like, I have bad news for you. He was so
0: fucking mad that this is the movie that makes me realize elephants are my favorite animal what a cruel turn of fucking fate that the movie in which i know something bad is gonna happen to the elephants is where i realize they are my favorite animal i love them i want an elephant stuffed animal i'm probably gonna learn how to draw one just because that feels cool you should (laughs) I, the whole time I was like, oh, they like touch stuff with their little trunks, and they close your eyes and you hug them. And they're like, yeah. you can like wrestle them and they're fuzzy and fuck. I'm in too deep. I love them so much. I'm now going to personally, personally rip out the esophagus of anyone that does anything to these elephants.
1: Oh, man. So, uh, good news and bad news. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, when uh w- whenever we're able to travel again and we can like save up some money and and go to thailand because we will we have to i still have like friends and family the there and say hi. yeah yeah and like i i'm extremely out of shape now but i would like to fight again at some point uh whenever we're there uh there's a few places that do uh like totally ethical like uh elephant sanctuaries and you can go and like hang out with elephants and it's like, they take really good care of them. They rescue them from like, you know, poachers and like, uh, you know, zoos and other types of shows that treat them poorly. Uh, Or like
0: those tourist photography things. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you can just like go. Which by the way, don't do those if you ever travel internationally.
0: Like I know it might like look, a certain type of way or might like look a little bit more kosher than you think it is but like we have those and they're rampant in their yeah, rampant Central yeah. America they're never Anything like as chill like as you think take they are.
1: a photo with a tiger hang out with an elephant whatever it's like they mistreat and sedate those animals yeah, yeah. they're like real garbage uh there's uh at least one in Thailand that is legitimate and like does it right and basically like rescues them from the places that do it poorly. Uh, and then, yeah, the bad news is that that is rampant in Thailand. Like, any town you go to in Thailand has, like, four different companies that are, like, you want to hang out with an elephant? And well, they're like all torturing with alligators. those elephants. Yeah,
0: yeah. Where uh, there's a lot of attractions where it's, like, that's a bummer-looking alligator. Uh, um, but...
1: Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you said it, and I realized that I think all alligators look like bummers. I love
0: them all. I'm terrified yeah. of them all, and I actually have a reoccurring nightmare. It's why I haven't seen Crawl yet. Um, I have a reoccurring nightmare that I wake up in a pond full of alligators uh, because when I was a kid, my uncle took me out on a little boat, and we flashed a light, and like an alligator's eyes like, shine wow. a certain color at night, and they were just fucking everywhere. So that's been a nightmare that I've had mm. all the time since.
1: We should, we should watch Crawl together because I would like to... Uh, try to like see it through your eyes or like get some of like the energy of you watching it because uh everyone that I know like loved crawl and I thought that crawl was like a really competent and fine movie and I think that it's because I have no strong feelings about alligators like I'm like I don't find them like frightening or cool or gross or like I'm just like I'm totally ambivalent like you know, it, it it wasn't like it didn't totally work for me as a creature feature because I'm like, yeah, that's a thing that exists. Like it would be similar to like if it was like an evil seagull or something. I'm just like, yeah, it's a thing. I don't. They're know. like
0: seagulls, but they're like if seagulls can like eat something that you love. Because the thing is, like if my parents weren't like shipping me off to Central America with my grandparents, they were shipping me off with my uncle in Florida. Uh, and so anytime I was there, especially like in the early nineties, in which like you know, global warming uh had like you know th- there's significantly less alligators now as an adult mm. than there was when i was a kid alligators and crocodiles and that's worrying but yeah. when i was a kid they were fucking everywhere and the thing is like it's like haha it's like a seagull cuz it's like in a supermarket parking lot but then it's like oh man uh, we had to open one up the other day and you know all those dogs that have been missing oh, uh, cuz the collars are still in there oh wow uh, so like it, it like it wasn't an uncommon thing where it's just like if you lose your ball at the golf course don't go for right, it right. um and then i i was a li- I was a little bit older when i was in town the same year a child was taken by one at disneyland no. and here's the thing it was fucking disneyland like yeah, most you people assume can't you're safe get at in disneyland. for like i mean unless it's like something that disney happened like you know <laughs> it's their fault and that no one will know um but like it's one of those where it's just like other than feral cats it's pretty hard to like get on up in there but alligators go whatever they fuck they want and then they take whatever they want
1: damn see okay yeah you know i I I have a healthy
0: respect for uh crocs and gators
1: that's fair yeah no i'm like totally ambivalent to them i think they're just like a thing that exists to me so like i'm not like whoa cool scary gator like ah um but i'm, I'm realizing because i was like do i just feel that way about all animals like do like am i just more afraid of like a, a fictitious creature in a film uh you know like the thing or whatever like a brundle fly like do i just think that those are more affecting and uh i thought about it and i was like well i don't know something like uh like the gray uh with the you know with the wolves yeah. and i was like i don't know i think like wolves and maybe bears are effective to me and it's Totally, because I grew up in Colorado, so bears and wolves were things that, like, I saw as a kid, because we'd be camping, and it was like, oh, shit, it's a bear, nobody move, (laughs) it's just like, don't go over there, that bear's gonna eat you, Uh, or, like, yeah, there's a time that I was hiking, and, like, turned a corner, and, like, went up a little hill, and there was just a group of people standing there, and they're like holy shit oh my god oh we weren't sure if you were gonna make it up here and i was like what and they're like we were all watching you from up here that bear was like two feet away just looking at you and i just didn't even see it but apparently i walked right by a bear that was like what's your deal and they were like that bear's gonna kill that guy uh but yeah so like you know I, i guess it makes sense you grew up uh or like you know growing up you had experiences with crocodiles gators whatever uh, s- to me, they're a thing that like I've, I've never seen outside of a zoo, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever, that's a thing that exists. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, on my laundry list of uh, animals I'm afraid of because they ate a child when I was a child. <laughs> that's fair. Cougars uh, is the other one. Oh, damn. That's number one, baby. You ever hear a cougar make that sound?
1: Yeah, it's a terrifying sound. It
0: lets your brain know that you're food.
1: Yeah, see, I... Weirdly, though, like, I'm sure, you know, if I were like uh, attacked by a cougar, I'm sure I'd be fucking terrified. Oh, I Uh, just go limp and let it do what it needs to do. (laughs) No, that's what I was going to say, though, is like uh, everywhere in Colorado that like mountain lions, bobcats, whatever, like, are a problem, there's always like signage posted uh, in all these national parks that's like, the steps to take if you're attacked by, like, a, a mountain cat, you know? like
0: Cry, roll up into a little ball. No, and it's like... Let it lick your skin off.
1: It's like, you know, don't run because then it will chase you, but it's like, make yourself big, and then stand and fight. And in all of these signs, like, stand and fight are in capital <laughs> letters. Like, Fuck really, you, it's no. Like, it's, like, really emphatic. It's like, you gotta fucking throw down with this mountain lion. And I don't know why the fact that, like, uh, the the suggested advice of experts is not to play dead or try to run or anything, but it's to beat the shit out of the mountain lion. That always instilled a weird, like I'm sure, misguided uh comment. That you can fight a mountain I mean, lion.
0: Well but that it's Because you can also fight Godzilla and the Joker. D- no,
1: but just the fact that you should, the fact that experts agree that the best thing to do in that situation is to beat up the mountain lion. I'm like, all right no i'm down
0: (laughs) what i want those signs to instead be is a uh a fun little dispenser where you put in a quarter and a cyanide (laughs) popsicle capsule pops out uh and if i see a mountain lion i'm gonna bite down and then that's my plan
1: so you know i'm just saying like okay the the people the people who make these uh these instructions these are like nature researchers they're not like you know, grizzled mountain man types. They're not, you know, some like less Stroud. Have you met a nature researcher? I'm just I'm just assuming it's A
0: herpetologist like... is one of the scariest men I've ever met.
1: All right. I'm, I was just under the assumption that these are like not burly uh, powerful people but are in fact like science dorks and they're like yeah you're supposed to fight the mountain lion so I'm like if a science dork can beat up a mountain lion I can for sure beat up a mountain lion
0: I met a man that studies lizards and he fell in an anthill and didn't flinch that's pretty cool it was red ants oh damn he brushed them off like they were annoying and then he kept going I think if I
1: get one red ant on me I flinch I'm like oh it bit me yeah Uh, wow all right
0: Jeff the herpetologist and it was spelled the scary way you spell Jeff with a G? Yeah. Damn. That's how you know.
1: Yeah, that dude's that dude's for real.
0: Anyways, I love elephants and I would kill anyone who hurt them.
1: Yeah, just like Tony <laughs> John, the protector. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie now. Uh, now that we're 45 minutes deep talking about <laughs> alligators and mountain lions.
0: It's appropriate.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I I leaned too hard in the other direction. I was like, I don't want to hijack this episode and just talk about Muay Thai. I don't want to just get too into it and talk about all my fights. And, and then so, you so, let
0: me talk about animals and I'm then afraid we just of.
1: Talked about animals we're afraid of. Uh, no, so they they take his elephant and the baby elephant uh, that he was like a little tighter with. You know, he loved that baby. They were baby at the same time. They were baby at the same time. Uh, so he's on a revenge mission. Uh, I I have to say, like. Obviously, if the option is available, uh, watch the full, like, uncut version with the extra half hour of content. Uh, but I do have a weird fondness for the Miramax cut of this. And it's, like, certainly an inferior version. Uh, but, you know, of course, it was the first version that I saw. so And the version that I've seen the most. So, like, you know, that probably plays a big role because you know it was the the first time i saw the movie the protector was the american localized version and i was like holy shit this is blowing my mind uh but there's also something about cutting 25 minutes out of that movie so that it really does just truck along from like action scene to action scene kind he's got to
0: get his elephant
1: he's got to get his elephant and it's kind of inexplicable like they take the elephant at this like song festival they drive away with it in a in a cargo container we have no information about like how he like takes the next step like how he finds their office or whatever it just like cuts to rich dudes in an office and tony jaw fucking shoots in through the door with a flying knee that's a full like six feet off the ground like someone fired him out of a cannon into the frame and just like wrecks a dude he's like where's my fucking elephant and then proceeds to do that for the rest of the movie he just shows up places kicks the hell out of people he's like where's my elephant he's a terminator yeah and there's no like him like shaking people down for leads or like you know running a plate number or anything he's just flying into frame just a just a whirlwind of violence screaming where's my elephant and i i kind of love just like how unhinged it is in that regard uh and i i also kind of love like some of the stupid changes that they made uh make it a weirder movie yeah uh, and so like, it
0: feels like across decades like it goes yeah. from like 70s boat chase to like 80s van Damme sequence to like 90s car chase
1: and like and part of that is the soundtrack too um
0: yeah that actually brings me to my next point uh god what was the uh thought that i had oh it was uh fuck you for <laughs> not telling me that the soundtrack was done by the Riza. <laughs>
1: I, I honestly didn't even remember it. and like as soon I'm going to
0: flying knee you through our
1: window. I saw it in the credits, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, of course, it was there reason I knew that. But I just, like, I, I didn't remember it. And, like, the music feels weirdly, like, appropriate for every scene, but also kind of anachronistic. And, I mean, of course, like, we're watching it now, and it's very, like, you know, uh, when did this movie come out, actually? It's...
0: It's weird because every time I looked it up the dates were kind of all over the place in terms of like releases and re-releases. Right, right. Um so, so 2005, 2005, you, 2005 is the okay. first time it was like pr- it had premiered in Thailand. Okay. Um, I think
1: I had, I had guessed at 2007 when we were watching it because I was like I think that's when I saw it, but like
0: Yeah, I think 2006 was when it got its UK okay. release and then 2007 was when it got its U- US release. Oh, hell yeah. Uh so that all tracks Damn, um, yo, it's also confusing because it's also a 1985 jackie chan movie right so right. like when you look and up the protector you get like five things right
1: because now there's the netflix series as well which is unrelated also they have that little nod to jackie chan uh in the airport there's like it's such a weird they know the bit na- of physical comedy but yeah, yeah the, because the name yeah uh where he's in the airport and he bumps into a guy and they both like take a fight stance and it's not jackie chan but it's clearly like a jackie chan look-alike that they cast for that reason and they both like go ha and then he just walks away and it's just like it's almost like if they if they had been able to actually get jackie chan that would have been a really fun scene and yeah. like a goofy little cameo but there's something about doing like not quite him that just makes it bizarre
0: here's the thing that scene uh is such a distillation of why i love this whole movie um, because this movie is so clearly done by people that love action martial arts movies. Oh yeah. Like not in a way where it's like, not in a way towards like, Hey, remember this, but in terms of like, they know exactly what they love. They know exactly what they grew up on. And this is their, if I had my time to do a version of this is what I would do. Yeah. Um, and so like from like boat chase to fucking helicopter fights to flying knees, to these incredible one takes, like it's yeah. it's very much like it it feels like something that was inspired by like that like Van Damme era of, of martial arts movies. Um that like it has it has this like timelessness to it, uh that it could be from like literally anywhere and it's 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 perfect.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love this movie a lot. Uh And you mentioned, uh, that incredible, uh, single take, uh, which we have to talk about, uh, and possibly have to spend the rest of the episode talking about, (laughs) uh, no, it is, I, I think for my money, just the best single take in a movie. That's like a, like a conversation that I'll have occasionally with like, you know, other nerds who watch too many movies. Uh, and, like, like every few years, it'll be like, hey, what's your favorite, like, long, like, single take? And it'll be like, oh, the, uh, like, what's what's the one? Like, the opening of Boogie Nights, maybe, is one that's, like, a really Goodfellas
0: long. Goodfellas is the one that's usually brought up, yeah, and then everybody yeah, wants to do an homage, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is it is it Boogie Nights that opens with a really long single take that kind of, like, goes, like, over the block? It's... I might be mixing it up with something else, but I think it's I haven't
0: one. seen Buggy Nights in a really long time. Yeah.
1: Anyways, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like, long single takes. And even, like, good other, like, long single take action scenes. Like, uh, Netflix's Daredevil did, like, one per season. Because uh, it knew
0: we needed it. Yeah. Fucking, Kingsman, Kingsman uh, has a really
1: good church scene.
0: Oh, my God. The first time I saw the Kingsman church, church scene... uh God, I know your grandmother's listening to this, and I'm so sorry, but, like, full turkey timers. Um, Like, (laughs) I remember I had, like, a friend on either side of me that I kept, like, digging my nails into and being like, ah, because I just (laughs) loved it a lot. Um, Cobra Kai are now dedicated to doing one a season.
1: Yeah, I love the Cobra Kai ones. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, True Detective, the first season, had, like, a pretty good one uh, of just, like, a long take kind of action scene. Uh, The Raid. But... What's the... I mean, what's the longest take in the Raid, though? The Sorry, raid the Raid
0: 2. Wait, no.
1: I'm trying to think. The Raid 2 has, like, the car chase scene where they kind of pass the camera through the car, which is really cool, but it's not, like, a super long take. I don't remember if there's one that is, like, a super long take. Maybe Yian's fight, but I don't remember. I could uh, be thinking of something else. But the protector, the Protector has a full, like, five or six-minute action scene that is still i think just untouchable because like even uh even like you know the the daredevil ones or like uh the the cobra kai ones which are like really fun and have some like really great like intricate like tight choreography uh don't they don't hit the same way that this one does and i i would say it's like for a couple of reasons one and like the biggest is just the physicality of Tony job ja, because like the things that he does in this one take are things that like, you know, some people couldn't do if it was many takes, but they're also like, there's a moment where he's in a room and the camera like, Turns to look outside of the room and looks back, and he's gone. Guys running into the room, they're like, "Where did he go?" That one and was he's fantastic. Like doing the splits over the door frame, and he just had to like get up there and do that in real. He's time. so close
0: to a light bulb that I wonder how many times he hit it. Oh,
1: I'm sure he had to. Uh, but then like, uh, you know the the movements and like the things he's able to do, like these flying knees and the, this choreography, these like high kicks that just like wear you the fuck out. And he's also just like running upstairs the whole time that he's doing it. It's just a really like intense bit of like cardio just to even be able to like have the endurance to film that once let alone like do it perfectly uh i would i would say also like because of like the stunt work on display like multiple dudes are thrown off of uh like thrown over this railing and like one dude crashes through this building and stuff uh and when they were filming it actually like the uh the first time they were like doing a run through uh, the pads weren't set up for that, and so that dude almost just got thrown to his death. Oh, my t- God. And Tony, like, caught him and, like, saved his life, but that dude almost just died. Um,
0: Which, by the way, Tony has a lot of incredible, like, just clearly n- no wires, got no strings uh, moments. Yeah.
1: There's one I, like made you rewind it multiple times to just keep pointing at it but and it's because it's a small moment that i think a lot of people overlook but it's where he's like standing in front of a, a gap with a little ledge on the other side of it and a guy comes at him and he does a like blind like backflip over open space just over a gap and then lands in a handstand on a small ledge and there's, like, no way to cheat that, you know? It's not like he did it with a wire or there was, like, CGI or whatever. He can just fucking do that. He can just do a backflip over, like, a three-foot gap and land in a handstand Magic. on, like, a six-inch ledge. It's incredible. Um, but, yeah, he does a lot of incredible stuff. That that one-take fight scene, uh, the physicality of Tony Jaw, the stunt work and, like, uh, you know, like, Prop work of like a guy, like, pulls a sink off a wall and Tony, like, knees through it. There's a lot of cool stuff like that. Yeah. He, like, kicks a chair into a guy's legs. Uh, but the third thing that I think, like, makes it kind of untouchable is just this. Uh, it's the hardest thing to pin down or, like, put into specific terms, but it has a sort of like energy and rhythm and cadence to it that is, uh, hypnotic and also just genuinely a really great fight scene even if it wasn't like executed in a single take in this really like technically impressive way because there's you know scenes that are like oh it's impressive that they got all of this choreography without having to cut away and without messing it up but this one like he starts off this very like you know terminator like unstoppable force and he's just like wrecking guys one at a time and you know tossing them left and right and putting their heads through walls Uh, And as it's going, he is getting tired and it is getting a little sloppier. And you like have this moment where rather than coming at him one at a time, he's like kind of fighting three guys at once. And one of them like tackles him and he lands sort of on a dude that he's just knocked out. So it's just like this pile and like tangle of bodies for a second before he like flips the guy over and like, you know, kind of like gets a dominant position and knocks him out. Uh, but it as it goes on it's it, it is exhausting and you see him getting like worn down uh, as I'm sure he did like actually shooting the scene uh, but the way the choreography like kind of changes so that it becomes this like messier like group fight as it goes on it's just a uh, it's it's just captivating it's just a just a beautiful piece of cinema uh, and like I don't know that right there is worth the price of admission they do another yeah. uh like pretty long take uh in a couple of train cars earlier on which, which are also really well done yeah which is really well done and it's when he's fighting a bmx gang For some oh reason. my god
0: how do i forget about the fact that he like literally goes up against everybody that's on a different type of wheels bmx dirt bike um the boss of the gang is on an atv
1: you know, there's roller skates and roller blades. There's
0: uh, skateboarders. Uh, just just a bunch of nightmare roller punks that he has to fight.
1: They're basically like a, the bad guys from a Sega Genesis game. Like They're definitely like a Streets of Rage ass gang. They're all uh, named
0: like Biff.
1: Yeah, they're all like Thrash and Crash. Smash. <laughs> Smash is better than Splash. Jiff. <laughs> also, I think like, that for sure happens after he's already in Australia, right? Like, Yeah, they're
0: Australian roller punks. Yeah,
1: so he's in Sydney. He busts up a drug deal, and he wants nothing to do with the drugs. He's like, give me my fucking elephant. And their supplier, who's supposed to be selling, like, the evil elephant stealers uh, a bunch of coke, uh, sees a dude barge in and start kicking the shit out of people. And he's like, what kind of... Uh, what kind of two bit operation are you running here that any any Tom Dick and Jane can just come in and start kicking people? I'm out of here and just takes his drugs, which is like a weird response, I think, because like he, uh, I feel like that drug dealer didn't, you know, he didn't know why this guy was there kicking people, but he's just like, huh, I'm done doing business with you. He's
0: not a street chump. He's a man trying to get his fucking elephants yeah, back.
1: But. So he he breaks up this drug deal and the boss, Johnny, his response is to, I think, like pull a a chain that sounds an alarm that alerts the roller boys (laughs) and the roller boys show up with a bunch of fucking with a bunch of fluorescent light bulb tubes. Yeah, this
0: is their security system for their drug deal. Yeah, that's what we have. (laughs) there's a chain over our bed (laughs) and if we hear a noise that we're not sure if it's the haunted house that we live in uh or you know somebody trying to get an elephant back even though we don't have their elephants because uh i love them now that i've learned that they're my favorite animal uh we can get the roller boys to show up is that what the alarm system does yeah we
1: have we have uh simply safe i didn't know it summons roller boys
0: (laughs) yeah simply safe uh summons roller boys that's um great. also i remembered my favorite one oh, by the way if you have ones that you love send them to us because i legitimately love just getting clips from y'all even if yeah, you yeah. assume that i've seen it already i don't give a shit i'll watch yeah. a bunch um it's uh old boy
1: oh okay the old boy one is really good uh something i i do love the old boy one that's that's an all-time for me as well uh there's a thing that i i think i i nitpick harder with oners uh than with any other type of fight scene which is that like if a hit doesn't sell in a one -er, it like hurts me a little more because i'm just like ah fuck i know that you guys didn't want to like reshoot the whole thing because this one hit didn't sell and most people aren't going to care but then i'm the guy that cares and it like sucks and the first season of daredevil the hallway fight there's one where uh he like fully like whiffs the hit and it's like kind of it's conspicuous to me and i'm just like ah and of course you're not gonna reshoot the whole thing for that and an old boy there's uh
0: and i don't care if corpses breathe so right
1: no <laughs> but like an old boy there's uh there's some hits that like don't sell for me but the old boy scene is fucking great i love he's got the knife sticking out of his bag he's hammering him on the Ugh, feet uh oh, so fucking good. beautiful yeah
0: um no uh a lot of the sequences in this are fantastic. And like, I can see that, that there's those moments where they're like, we want to like do like the eighties humor thing and they're fun and they're charming. But I think it's so much like not what I showed up for Right. that. Like, even when it does happen, I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a sidekick cop and whatever, uh, fucking back to the guy that needs his elephants back. And, um, let me just say that this villain looks like something out of GI Joe um
1: which villain because there are many the
0: main one if anything which is like miss rose oh uh, the, who like rises up in the ranks yeah, of yeah, like this illegal animal i don't know why the fuck she wants the power of these elephants like it's all pretty nebulous like she again feels like a GI joe villain yeah uh she feels like a little like she feels like this weird love child of like snake eyes and baroness yeah. um uh, and she's got like she's she dresses like if you were in a lineup of people that you would assume recently killed someone (laughs) uh but in like a very like femme fatale way it's her
1: she has like a necklace that is a snake
0: and her earrings are also snakes and she shows up at a funeral looking like an ex-wife that just killed her husband like it's great at no moment does she not like visually look like a villain like in the last scenes that you see her she's in a black corset and she just has a whip like i (laughs) she's she's such a like cartoon villain um that like any other time i'd be like Oh, cool! It's like a you know, like a Doctor Evil type thing where she's like so like hilariously Saturday morning evil. I would hate her, but she took an elephant, and I just want to do bad things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> also,
1: uh, you point out that she has a whip, and it's interesting to me that like this takes place in Sydney, Australia, and I know that uh, you know I've I've never uh, really like spent time in Australia. I don't super know the culture. Uh, and I know they had a relatively successful buyback program uh, as a response to uh, a mass shooting. and you know, they uh, actually implemented gun control, which uh, God, I wish that we would. Uh, but I think that guns still like exist in Australia, and Pretty I think sure that, like, they
0: were in the movie.
1: Yeah, some people did have them. and like I think
0: considering his dad was like shot,
1: right, his dad was shot by criminals. So like guns definitely do exist. Uh, and yet the leader of this like expansive criminal organization, their primary weapon is a fucking whip. She and got a like whip baby. And like multiple people throughout the movie who are these like hardened criminals, uh, rely heavily on martial arts and swords and not like a gun and which elephants and elephants. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, the bad guy who looks cool. And the reason I had to clarify is because there are some cool ass bad guys in this kind of kind of the first. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny, who I really want to talk about. How can uh, I
0: forget that hunky boy? Oh,
1: he is a hunky boy. Uh, and he's also dressed like a cool, like 90s rock star the whole time. He's always wearing like a studded he's leather jacket. dressed
0: like, like a persona teen. Oh, he is.
1: Yeah, he's dressed like a character from the Persona series, like just a cool rebellious teenager. Uh, and his t-shirts always have skulls on them. Live
0: fast, die young. Yeah. Uh,
1: so Johnny is uh is played by uh Johnny Wen, who is a Vietnamese uh, action star who fucking rules. Uh, Johnny Wen is one of those guys that I think like never got like his time in the spotlight like never really got his fair shake uh this might be his biggest role for a lot of really? western audiences as the protector he was that's in that's a uh, bummer because
0: he's so magnetic
1: yeah i think he was in maybe cradle to the grave he had like a small fight scene with jet lee in something but it's very much like he's not even like the main antagonist you know he's just like one of the guys that jet lee fights uh, but, you know, he did, he did scrap with him once. Uh, but Johnny Wynn, uh he's had a few, like, starring roles that just, like, didn't, you know, are not, like, popular or well-known here. Uh, he was in a movie called The Rebel, uh, which is, like, a period piece that's really fun. Uh, and then a movie called Clash, I believe. And Clash fucking slaps. It's really, really good. Uh, and Johnny is just a thundering badass. Uh, he has... I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can like find it somewhere and like pull this clip for uh you know, to, to post on our, our Twitter or something. Uh but he has a, a kick in Clash that's one of my favorite kicks that's ever been in a movie. Uh like this dude can kick and he does it like creatively and beautifully. And even in this, like he's not he doesn't have a ton of scenes in the Protector, but he still fits in like two of the coolest kicks you'll ever see Uh dude just moves his legs in an incredible way. Uh, and I think that Johnny one was a dude that, uh, I, I don't fully like know, but I think that he was uh, working on a movie that uh, was like kind of killed by like Vietnamese censor boards mm-hmm. uh, and like never really released. And maybe like, you know, his career didn't uh, take off from yeah, that didn't point take off from there uh but yeah he never got the acclaim that he should have because
0: this dude oh, is incredible and like you know watches I love every scene that he's in he yeah. eats up every scene honestly there's certain moments where he even kind of like steals the show from tony jaw he really does he's
1: so charismatic and cool you just like you want to root for him uh but yeah tony has a great fight with him uh fun little uh little thing when they fight in the restaurant uh johnny is like Kicking the hell out of him, and then Tony pulls out the bell that was like the collar of uh, or well, Johnny throws it at him like, yeah, we already killed the elephant. Here was its collar, fint. yeah, bell elephant. Uh, so Tony takes the rope that the bell is attached to and like kind of wraps it around his knuckles, uh, which, you know, is like a form of uh, Muay Thai. There, you know, places where they still do it, but you know, rather than gloves, it would just be like thick rope that you wrap around your knuckles to protect your hands when you fight, uh, but fun thing that uh i noticed that i don't know if i've noticed in like previous times that i watched the movie is uh after he wraps that around his fist and he kind of like s- like reminds himself and it's the moment that you get in like kung fu movies and anime and stuff where the hero like centers themselves and they remember like their true inner strength and like why they fight
0: elephant yeah
1: he fights for elephant uh but we also know that he was like raised as one of these like you know this ancient line of elephant protectors that goes way back to like the early days of you know these battles that were fought from elephant back uh and the style of Muay Thai that he does for the rest of that fight after he like wraps it around his fist uh is like an antiquated style that is not actually Muay Thai but is Muay Boran Uh, and so like some of some of the movements that he does uh are moves that like they wouldn't really teach anymore but they would have you know like in that context of like ancient warriors defending an elephant or whatever so like so
0: he literally gained the power of like elephant warrior yeah
1: he fully does because yeah some of the moves where he like you'll see him like punching with both arms at the same time and stuff and it's uh, something that, like, if you did it in a Muay Thai match now, like, you would get laughed at. People would be like, what is he doing? What a goofball. But uh, it's Muay Boran. It's, like, just an older form of the art. So there's, like, movements in that that, like, aren't really, like, in practice today because they're, like, not considered as, like, effective in a, you know, Muay Thai match or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of cool. He started doing uh, the the Elephant Defender version <laughs> of it. Yeah. Uh, and then later, he fights our boy Latif Crowder. We love Latif. Latif. Uh, every time I've said it before, but every time you see a cool capoeira dude, it's gonna be Latif. Uh, that fight is, I mean, maybe my favorite like one-on-one fight in the movie. It's very fucking
0: cool. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, just uh, you know, you get Tony Jaw like imitating some capoeira movements, and like, uh, it has a few sequences that's like a rhythm of fight that I really love, which is that. There's two fighters of similar skill and neither of them is clearly winning. There's like uh, in the middle of that fight, there's a few exchanges where like they're both kind of like swinging and missing and like, you know, get a few hits and then take a step back. And it's more the rhythm of like an actual fight, you know, yeah. like if, if you like watched a Muay Thai match, you'd see more of that. Uh, so I, I kind of love that. Uh, he fights Nathan Jones, who uh, similarly to like Latif always being the Capoeira dude, Nathan Jones
0: is always the big guy. I had to check to see if he was Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: you thought you thought I was lying because you were like, is that stone cold Steve Austin? And I said, No, it's Nathan Jones. And you were like, You made that name up.
0: I fully thought you did, because it sounded like you're just coming up with like a name to tell me that it wasn't Steve Austin. Right. It's
1: not Steve Austin, it's dave johnson uh but no nathan jones he's the giant guy and everything so like in Jet Li, he's fearless he's the big guy oh yeah and the protector he's the big, he big guy. guy yeah
0: i'll say that my favorite fight happened after the gruesome reveal
1: oh what was uh which one was your favorite fight
0: well you get the awful reveal that he found he found baby elephant right in is him chilling a baby elephant uh but then he demands to know where the father is and it's now bejeweled bones that madame rose owns um and in that moment i think i blacked out uh
1: (laughs) you're so (laughs) devastated for elephant
0: oh fuck what a day to realize that they're my favorite animal um and uh (laughs) shortly thereafter he's having this like moment where he's like oh i can't win this fight and uh he like thinks about like the weakest part of the elephant and the strongest part of the elephant so <laughs> he uses elephant bones to b- so uh, even then he's still going into battle with this elephant uh by using its bones to beat the shit out of everyone
1: yeah he just fucking wails on him with he the elephant just bones
0: he ties his little red scarf to the elephant bone to his arm and just starts and those elephant bones are hanging secure and then he remembers that the weakest part of the elephant are the tendons and that's why you have to like protect its underside so he turns those elephant bones into elephant knives and he just like starts
1: cracks c- them into shivs
0: cracks them into shivs and just starts cutting up people's tendons and it's such a where am i moment <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like where did I end up today uh, and I'm obsessed with that fight
1: And it is it is hilarious because yeah this was coming off of the heels of Ang Bak which was like you know the first movie of theirs that got like international uh, success and yeah. like made some money and so you know it's now this uh, you know they have obviously like a much bigger budget and like an international cast and it's like you know filmed in Australia or whatever Uh, So they, like, really uh, (laughs) escalated things. But I love it because Ong Bok. the movie, ends with, like, a one-on-one fight between two Muay Thai guys in which they throw a lot of, like, right roundhouse kick and right straight punch back and forth. And then they, like, clinch and throw a lot of knees. But it's just, like, two dudes that do Muay Thai. It's a
0: straightforward fight. Yeah, it's
1: just two dudes doing Muay Thai. And in this one, it was like, okay, okay, we got to... We got to like take things up a notch. We got more money. We got to go bigger. And so he breaks all of the bones of 50 men. And then he uses elephant femurs to cut their teeth. Ten- these huge dudes'
0: tendons. I think it's a different it's bone because an elephant femur. I feel like. Well, yeah. who knows? Because well, yeah, they have kind of stumpy legs. They're shaped know. different. They're shaped different. They're built different. It's also worth
1: noting that it's Nathan Jones and three other giants that he's fighting. He yeah. just fights a room full of giants with elephant bones. Yeah, which that's is what you do. Such an absurd escalation. It wasn't like okay, he'll fight five guys. It's like no, he fights giants with elephant bones. And if
0: you think the escalations are done, fuck no. Right. Because it goes from elephant fight to a helicopter fight.
1: Yeah, she tries to escape on a helicopter and he flying knees her off of the helicopter and seemingly just into a free fall. They crash through the roof, back Mm -hmm. down onto the elephant skeleton.
0: Where he's caught on his tusks, saved and held by him one last time, and then lives happily ever after with his little elephant. And, depending where you're watching it, possibly also his father. <laughs> uh, and also, maybe the villain dies in w- where you're watching and maybe she doesn't. Because yeah. that also changes. Um, but I have to say, I adored The Protector. I loved it's this. so good. Um, I also think, uh, hindsight, I should have stuck with my original pick that you fought me on a little. What did um, I fight you on? I'm still happy with the movie that I picked because I think we created an overall theme that makes for a very fun double feature. I agree. But I originally picked Society. Um, oh, right, right. Which is,
1: yeah. I, society is also a good pick. I didn't fight you on it. I said, "Uh, I was like... they don't. You
0: said hard maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah, but it's a hard maybe. Exactly. I think you misinterpreted the hard. Because like... Maybe is like a 50-50. Hard maybe is like an 80%. I thought
0: hard maybe means barely maybe.
1: Oh, no. Then I would have... Oh, I guess I wouldn't have said barely maybe. What would I have said? What do you say when something is barely maybe? I think I'd just say maybe. I say hard maybe. Oh, see, I think I would go maybe? Yeah, it would be maybe with a question mark. That's what I say for barely maybe.
0: Well, I didn't pick society. <laughs> what I did pick was... The long weekend. Um, which if you look it up, it has such an interesting billing for what it is. Um, because it is described as a horror thriller relationship drama.
1: Oh. I agree with that. I think that's all accurate. I think
0: it's all of those things. I think uh it I I definitely remembered more like scary elements than I think there actually was in the end, but like I think the soundtrack definitely like keeps it in the world of like this is a horror movie.
1: Oh, I think it's scary as shit. Uh, very scary movie it's
0: a very scary movie um it's very different from the angle that i was going with with society because i was like kind of keeping it in like pulp town and just like rich people eating shit um but then honestly after watching the protector and specifically the elephant stuff and just kind of like the earned righteous indignation i think i'm happier now with the long weekend
1: well and also australia
0: and Australia, oh fuck, I didn't even do that on purpose. Thanks, oh really? Man. <laughs> I thought that was a big part of it. Yeah. As, nope. soon,
1: as soon as the first person talked, I was like, oh, I see what she did.
0: <laughs> no, the uh, the animal thing was mainly it because right, uh, right. in this case, the like John Wick of it all was uh, Tony Jaw, and then you get to the long weekend and it's all animals. Yeah. Um, it's nature. The. Long weekend is a movie that I like a lot that I think doesn't really get talked about enough. Whenever we talk about like animal creature feature movies, cause I love them and I've watched a lot, um, <laughs> including the not meant to be as scary, but deeply anxious roar. Um, oh yeah. Pfft, I watched that with my friend Olivia once. And, uh, I think I like chewed off, some skin on my tongue no, no,
1: it's impossible to watch Roar and not just be like white knuckle the entire time just like Ugh.
0: the uh, Tippy Hendren's husband I can't remember but he was like the reason like they did the whole thing um, his son <laughs> described him as a huge dick for <laughs> that whole movie um, but I, I really like A Long Weekend because it's just straight tension for a whole 90 minutes
1: yeah, so I I had never seen Long Long Weekend or perhaps even heard of it. Uh, so you picked it, and I was just like, "Cool, yeah." I don't know. Let's let's see. Uh, as we said at the beginning, it's the first one we you know have done where both of us have not seen the other person's pick. Uh, I adore this movie, and I really. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. I, okay, so I should I should say this uh, for for folks uh, listening. Uh, I make a really deliberate point of not discussing the movie very much when we're watching it or even like after we finish it. I'm and just my like
0: brain doesn't work that way.
1: See, I, I have to, because I, I can't, I'm incapable of saying things more than one time. Uh, no, I, I genuinely, because I've done it before, like in, in early episodes, if I get too psyched about a movie and I talk to you about it before we're recording, I say all the stuff that I want to say because I'm really psyched. And then when we record, I just blank. I have to
0: say it. I forget.
1: Yeah, no, see, I'm the opposite. I say it once. And then when we record it, like it would feel inorganic to me if I was like trying to remember the thoughts that I had earlier and like reiterate them or just repeat them. Uh, And so, uh, and I know because it has uh, happened, but yeah, so I have to like, uh, for just for the way my brain works, I have to make a really, like, concerted, deliberate effort to watch the movie and not really react to it and th- then talk to you about it here for the first time so that I'm like, this movie.
0: I literally no clue that you loved it.
1: Yeah, no, I fucking love that movie. Uh, I'm Yay. for sure going to watch it, like, many times throughout my life. Uh, and I actually uh, immediately had the concern because obviously I could talk about, like, Tony Jaw and Muay Thai for... Uh-huh. Uh, weeks uh, I could also talk about this one a lot I feel I have like way too much to say about it but why don't you run us through a uh, long weekend oh and I will say this is one I would say like j- go watch it like don't spoil this one
0: no this is one that you actually really don't want spoiled yeah. because there's a lot of like
1: like go into it blind go watch it it has um, a lot
0: of earned shocks in it um, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of moments where honestly I'd feel particularly bad if I spoiled it for you. And I know it's like one of the trickier ones to find. Um, it's on iTunes and YouTube. Um, I think it's actually cheaper on YouTube than it is yeah. on iTunes. Um, damn it, I keep moving the mic too close to my mouth cause we don't <laughs> have the arm set up yet. But, uh, this is one that I found after, again, same friend as before, Olivia, she introduced a different Australian movie to me called, uh, a quiet earth or the quiet earth which is a sci-fi movie that I really love. Um, And around that time, I was like, damn, I feel like Australia just does like these really good character pieces around like the 70s and 80s, and I've never seen any of them. So I was looking into more around the same time. And one of the ones that popped up was The Long Weekend. And initially, the way the trailer looked, because I looked at the trailer online, and again, like, a lot of the times trailers like were maybe like a little bit more like campy and exploitative to like get you in the seats but the trailer made it feel like it was going to be like you know like a like a b-movie ass creature feature right, right. and i didn't know that i was going to be settling down for a very tense relationship drama the way like that a24 wants to do now between yeah. people
1: no absolutely like i i know they remade it i don't know how the remake i is. haven't seen the I remake don't know that i care to see it but i feel like you could put i think this, this is out. perfect yeah i feel like Like, you could put this out right now, and like A24 would release it, and people would lose their shit.
0: They lose their minds over it, uh, because it's done at like such a slow pace that trusts you to like gain everything, and you're like in that same like. These cu- this couple has such shitty fucking communication that you're in the same level of like I don't know what's going on with either of you but I'm also upset yeah um and uh it's 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 drawn out so well and a lot of the scary parts are also like uh they're not as immediate as you think it was because like especially in the 70s and outdoors you're like kind of trained in your head to be like and then something pops out of the woods and is horrific but a lot of the time it's just dread um but basically what this movie is about is a couple who's going on vacation together and like from go clearly something is like not right with them like they've got like they've got the attitude of like two people that have like been fighting
1: right and like before we see them directly interact uh marcia marcia
0: I, it's marcia which i feel like is just marcia but like enunciated more because it's australia masya
1: masya so masya uh she's on the phone with someone and is talking about uh uh, essentially that she's like dreading this weekend they're like oh where is he dragging you to this time and she's like oh it's very like uh you know this is gonna suck and then he pulls up uh hits hits the car that's parked in the driveway uh, because he's driving like a reckless asshole and then pulls out a rifle and just scopes it on his wife and is just, like, looking at her through the sights of the rifle, like, out the window. And then and then goes inside, which is a terrifying and just, like, y- you know, it, it can be anywhere on a spectrum from, like, I'm considering killing my wife to just, like, I'm an asshole who's careless with guns and I'm just, like, checking Either out my scope. Either way, he sucks. Either way, he sucks. Immediately, you're like, I hate this dude. And yeah. like she hates them too and they hate each other she
0: comes out she doesn't even want to bring like their dog that she's calling his dog along she just yeah. wants to like leave it with a bunch of cans of food and be like ah, let it fend for, it's, for itself Um, and they're tense and like on the brink of a fight the entire way to this vacation Um, and on their way there because they're both like in different states of unrest and he even like stops for a beer at some point um he she starts a small fire no he starts a small fire with a cigarette that they're sharing and he hits a kangaroo
1: yeah he throws a cigarette out into some dry brush and definitely starts a fire
0: and hits a kangaroo um and so like he stops at this rest stop like it's like essentially like beer stop and this is when things like start to get kind of weird because he's five miles away from his stop but the locals don't know what he's talking about
1: and there's there's a line there that i love uh because he goes in and says like oh it's pretty quiet for a long weekend right like we and i i don't remember if it's like said exactly what it is but it's like must be some kind of holiday that it's you know yeah monday is a national holiday so they have a long weekend uh but he's like oh you know i I would expect the place to be busier it's a long weekend and the you know bartender shopkeep whatever uh explains that like it doesn't make a difference because they're so far away from anywhere that uh and the, the line is the only people that we get here are folks who are lost and locals and i love it because like he says it and it's like Uh, you know, a casual line that he kind of throws away and then they continue on, but it pays off a minute later because like you, the viewer realize like, those are the only two types of people in here and our, our protagonist, uh, what is his name? Peter. Yeah. Peter like is clearly not a local. So like, which one is he? And so, yeah, Peter's like, yeah, I'm looking for Munda beach. And they're like, I've literally never heard of that. And he's like, it, it should be, five miles down the road and they're like yeah there's it's not peter there's nothing five miles down the road it's you know it's it's a wasteland and he's just like okay well i'll keep looking for it but yeah it's like you realize through that interaction like oh you're lost
0: peter barely knows where he's supposed to be and like marcia has made it clear this entire time that she not only does not want to go on a trip on him she'd rather go on a trip with her friends um, and this is not something that she would find enjoyable at all.
1: Yeah. Which I can't imagine anything more miserable than going on a two person camping trip with someone who hates camping.
0: Why do that to yourself? Right. Like, and so like, they're so clearly lost. They can't find it. They're going in circles, but he's like insisting that they're not. Uh, and like, there is this kind of like flippant cruelty that turns on and off between the two of them uh cuz they'll like just suddenly like hate something for existing um and this wailing starts happening and he says something like it sounds like a baby crying in a way that's like kind of taunting to where they've there's like something between them that's like been simmering Uh, that like the argument kind of ends there. And then the movie does this really brilliant thing where we wake up the next morning, you know, she like points out that it's weird that they've been driving in circles. Uh, But they both kind of make the choice to have a good day. And we get to see one good day between those two. We get to see the marriage that they're trying to save. We get to see what it looks like when they're both kind of content and it's working, you know, uh, when they're like flirty and kissy and like enjoying each other's company. And I think it does a really good job of that because it's really easy to make us just hate them. Uh, right. Just make us hate them and make it, make us just like, you know, beg for them to like run from each other. But by giving us this like one good day, it kind of earns uh, why they're trying to stick it out there for so long. Yeah,
1: and it, it also, I should say, like doesn't, make us hate either one of them specifically like there's a lot of you're right there's a lot of like easier and lazier ways to like to write this and to communicate this information or like to get us from point a to point b and uh even like in the you know opening it's like you see him like pointing the gun at her and driving like an asshole and i'm like oh this dude is terrible Uh, But then she's like, I don't know, just leave the dog, leave some fucking food. And he's like, I don't want to leave a dog with a pile of food for three days. Let's just take the dog. And when he says, let's take the dog with us, she gets very upset. And, you know, to to me in the moment felt like a huge overreaction. And so I'm just kind of like, oh, man, do they both suck? Like, do I hate them both? But then like at varying points throughout the movie, it's like, oh, I'm so much on her side this dude is such a piece of shit and like you know it it doesn't i i think overall i hate peter way more oh peter, same peter's despicable peter's a person, worse person but like there is also a degree of like she is married to him and it feels like she like knows what she signed up for because later when they're fighting she's like you know, you're, you're stuck on this stupid fucking fantasy where you're some, like, wilderness survival man and you're going to come out here and be Tarzan and I'm Jane. And she's like, that's not who we are. We're, like, dinner parties with the right people and making a bunch of money. These are your words. But it, like, is clear that that's also the life she signed up for. They're both, like, kind of despicable rich people, you know, <laughs> who just, like, shouldn't be out here in the first place. Yeah, because
0: there's, like... A scene later where, like, she's been seeing, like, a thing in the water that she thinks is a shark, even though it doesn't sound like one at all. And uh, eventually he shoots at a bunch, and it's a dugong, which is, like, an endangered creature. Um, and they're very sweet looking. And yeah. uh, in this case, it's, like, a plastic dugong. So, you know, like, no dugongs were hot. In, in general, there's a lot of just, like, that is a puppet, like, just, like, a plastic duck. Because at one point he just, like, opens fire on a bunch of ducks. Yeah. But he kills the dugong. And, you know, he's like, see, I told you it wasn't a shark. And I was expecting like a little bit more from her in terms of just like, oh, bummer. Because he even like tells her they're endangered. And her first response is, it's ugly.
1: Yeah, she's just like, look at this ugly thing that you killed.
0: Yeah, and so like at that point when I was just like, wow, fuck Peter way more. At that point, I was just like. She has a mean streak, too. That yeah. that mean streak is kind of what drew them to each other. And so, like, they have this good day, and uh, it, it feels like maybe things are, like, kind of on the mend with each other, despite this, like, thing that's been simmering. And they start to initiate sex, and she says she doesn't feel comfortable, Um, she doesn't feel comfortable and you know she's just not there and he flips out and we see a conversation of just like a medical procedure happened and she like is in the clear for sex but she doesn't like feel good about it and at camp this fight finally bursts open and you think it's like all of the reveal of like what their fight is going to be but no there's layers to it more later but uh, we find out that what the medical procedure was and why she's been so depressed is because she had an abortion she did not want to have. Right. And, uh, but you don't really know whose call it was and for what reason. Yeah. Um, and so he's been kind of taunting her with these crying baby remarks the whole time. Right.
1: And and at this point in the movie, you're like, oh, she got pregnant and he made her get rid of the baby. Yeah. Uh, and later in a subsequent fight it is uh which also like brilliant writing in this because like we get i think like two lines that tell you the entire like what it was which is like you you start to understand that they're these like you know kind of like rich socialites and he's you know doing this like weird like weekend warrior bullshit you know trying to like pretend he's some wilderness man despite having no fucking regard for nature or wilderness whatsoever. Yeah, she like uh,
0: smashes an eagle egg. Yeah. Uh, they litter everywhere. Yeah, he's throwing
1: beer bottles, he's starting fires, uh, but you know, he like fancies himself some kind of like, you know, modern survivalist or whatever. Uh, but there's just a couple of lines that reveal that uh, she was pregnant with uh, someone else's baby, uh, not his, And it was a man that he like a neighbor, I think that he pushed her to because he wanted to have sex with someone else as well. I think that dude's wife. Yeah. And so it was like another couple. And he was like encouraging this so that he could have sex with the wife. And it seems like that did not happen. But then she got pregnant and, you know, felt pressured to have an abortion. And then he was like whatever i would have kept it i love kids but it feels like that's probably not true and just like
0: he just kind of said that to hurt her yeah
1: and it's like just a couple of lines and these other characters that they're referencing like we never meet you know the movie for the most part there's you know the people they see at the the one you know kind of like roadside stop where they you know where it becomes clear that he's lost and there's one other character at the end essentially but like most of the movie these are the only two people and the entire you know thing is just on these two characters which i kind of love uh but just in that small interaction we like learn so much about what their life was and what type of dude he is and like these relationship dynamics that they had uh boy I, I could unpack this movie for a while their relationship
0: dynamics are layered out and paced out really well and given it to us like not all at once because it kind of knows that we're gonna be forming our opinions as we go and if we have it all at once then we don't really have these like back and forths between like whose yeah. side you're on
1: No and it's like you you kind of it, it's such a good deliberate kind of drip feed of information because when things start getting scary like, you still want them to survive and there's still like hope that like things will be okay. And they'll like get on the same page again at some point, you know, you're still like, ah, maybe they'll figure it out. And then by the time things are like really unraveling,
0: they're already done.
1: Yeah. And you do kind of dislike both of them. So by the time things are getting really bad, you're just kind of like, Oh, things are going to get bad.
0: Yeah. Cause you kind of realize like, Because she's been begging to leave. Like, something feels weird to her. Like, you know, his harpoon went off, like, with the safety still on. Uh, She keeps hearing these strange noises. She feels like there's something in the camp. Mm. Um, Well, and
1: and initially a lot of it is just that she doesn't like camping and she's like this isn't for me man it's bugs and it's hot sun and cold water i want to be somewhere comfortable i want to go to a hotel this isn't how i want to spend my vacation yeah and then she like go home
0: it starts off that way but then she starts like urging him like hey it's not even just that i just don't feel good here i don't feel safe here
1: he gets attacked by a bird
0: (laughs) he gets attacked by a bird and he tries to play it off and he doesn't even leave until he like gets bit by a possum and like in a really aggressive way that he wants to go and even then he tries to draw it out because he like sees someone else there and she's just like i want to go i want to leave i want to go where i've been trying to go all weekend and so he like demands to go see this other van that he saw earlier in the week and that fight there i didn't expect to be the one where everything like really blew up between them and it like felt like it wasn't happening out of nowhere because she was driving she was right. driving she was quiet you know he makes a remark about how like oh i guess you're gonna ignore me that now and then that's the thing where like everything's on the table and she's just like i want to divorce monday and he's like well it's a long weekend you have to do it tuesday like yeah they're like we're done we're ending the marriage here like it's over And then that's when everything, like, kind of gas pedals into, like, the horror movie that it's been, like, teasing this whole time. Because, you know, you have these moments of tension and these sounds in the woods and these things where they're, like, uh, building dread. But then you also have the fucking dugong, which feels like a telltale heart. Because, like, it keeps wailing even though it's dead. He has to keep shooting it and it still keeps bleeding. And it keeps, like, even though it's not moving moving closer and closer even though he buried it to where their spot is like we
1: don't see it crawl necessarily it's just like they come back and it's like been moved along the beach
0: yeah and so like you know already like that part is adding to like that like general sense of like something bad is gonna happen and he goes to investigate this and (laughs) she uh at one point tries to walk into the ocean. Yeah. Um, he finds a, like, snarling dog in the woods in an old tent. And well, it's,
1: like, an abandoned campsite. It's yeah. kind of creepy because there's, like, kids, like, dolls. And, and he like, found that Barbie on the beach earlier. Yeah, the Barbie, which was covered in a mysterious green mold, which mm-hmm. also affected their food. Like, their food spoiled really quickly and inexplicably because of green mold. Uh, But, yeah, dog in the tent.
0: And so, like he comes back and keeps her from going into the ocean, but he like notices that the van that they saw earlier was now in the ocean. And he like dives in and sees a body.
1: Yeah. There's just a woman who apparently drove her van into the ocean.
0: And so at this point they're like trying to leave as fast as they can. Um, because they've now seen a dead body and she just wants to go. Like she doesn't even want to report it. He's like, we should report it. They're still fucking fighting. And like, they can't find the dog and he's trying to look. She just wants to leave them both. Uh, and so she decides to take the car and leave.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's where they split off that their fates just kind of seal um, because she drives into the woods and she's just being attacked by birds that are just like diving and like, just killing themselves on her windshield. Yeah,
1: dive bombing the windshield so it's just like the windshield wipers just scraping blood and like bird viscera away.
0: And like she drives into just like a bunch of spiders and spider webbing and she can't move further and she runs out, which is just its own like nightmare. And then he's abandoned on the beach and uh as he and like his dog Cricket are just like, you know, trying to make it through the night, that dugong keeps moving closer when yeah. he's not looking. And, you know, there's animals menacing in the woods. And, you know, uh, the movie does a really good point at this part to start using sound for both characters to just create like wood sounds from everywhere to where it's just like really disorienting and like adds to that like I am surrounded and I don't even see when I'm surrounded by anxiety. And it keeps building it up for both characters to where it's like they don't know where they are. They don't know where anything's coming from. They don't know if something's gonna come from above, from in front of them, from behind them. And he hears like screeching coming from all corners. And he hears, like, a bird in the trees and fires off his harpoon and, uh, or, uh, you know, what is probably actually spear called gun, his spear gun. Uh, and the noise stops, uh, similar to, like, when he, like, hit other birds before. And it cuts to morning, and he's just sitting on the beach. And, Elijah, since this is your first time, <laughs> uh, what happened?
1: Yeah, so I actually, uh like I think had you know probably like the intended uh response to that scene which is that uh when he's like at night uh you know lit by his campfire and he hears a noise and like shoots the the spear gun and the noise stops uh and then he just continues sitting there and the camera doesn't like it doesn't show you what he hit yeah I was like kind of frustrated because I was like okay I guess he just like hit another bird or whatever but like I don't know. It's so flippant. Yeah, and it's like, but it was a tense scene, and he only has one spear, and like, okay, the sound stopped, but I, you know, a, as the viewer, I felt like owed. You know, it's just like, okay, I, I understand you guys don't have the budget to maybe like show the thing with the spear in it, whatever he hit, like whether it was a bird or some other animal, but like, I don't know, man, give me something. And then it's the next morning, and I'm like, yeah, they're really just not gonna like, not gonna establish that. And the camera pans over and it's Marcia with a spear in her neck. She had been running through the woods all night, found her way back to the beach and was immediately killed by her husband.
0: Yup. <laughs> and
1: uh, yeah, after, after this, he tries to take the, the car and escape. He finds the car uh, in the spider webs. Uh, it ends up driving in circles again and again and like, can't, you know, stop it from happening uh, the car gets stuck in a in a pool of mud, and so he gets out and he's on foot. He's running. He's running in circles. He keeps ending up in the same place at the beach, and then here's another truck coming down the road. He's really stoked. He's like, "Oh, finally, I'm I'm saved. i help is here." Runs out to the road. Uh, birds attack the driver. Driver doesn't see him. Uh, fucking demolishes Peter in a yep. really like. I like laughed out loud and was really like stoked about it because it's, uh, you know, one of one of those instances where you actually like see the point of contact between vehicle and person because they use you know a dummy yeah. or whatever, and the truck just hits it. But usually you get a cutaway there, and this one is just like whack the crunch, just fucking gets him. Uh, but yeah, so like in a in, on a surface level, like you know the the literal things that happen are they go camping by a beach, they fight a bunch, uh, their food spoils, they kill a dugong, they find a body, uh, they try to leave, get turned around in the woods, one of them shoots the other, and then gets hit by a car, uh, but it is so, like, such an effective horror movie, uh, it's extremely disorienting, you mentioned the sound design of, like, Things moving in the woods being really disorienting, but also the music is this weird discordant kind of like haunting piano keys being smashed arrhythmically. Uh like I love the music. Uh and it it feels like a like a fucking like Lovecraft story if uh if, if I liked Stephen King did it. more. Yeah, there you go. I I do like Stephen King more. Uh it just yeah, it's very, you know, like, okay, it's a very, like, karmic retribution tale. They're being cruel to each other. They're bad people. But th- there's also this, like, clear, almost, it, like, willful disregard of nature and, like, disrespect of nature. So it's like, yeah, you start a fire, you hit a kangaroo, you you know, you throw your beer bottles everywhere, nature fights back, It it overtakes you, it kills you. But it's not... Like the presentation is so far from being straightforward. It's not like, you know, a, a lesser movie, you run over a kangaroo and then a bunch of kangaroos kill you. Yeah. In, in this, it's like there's a green mold which he sees first on a child's toy and then is rapidly affecting their food. There's this telltale heart dugong that seems to be immortal and is like an avatar of man's sin. There's the other campsite where there clearly were once children but they're now gone. There's a dog left abandoned in a tent who is so angry and just growling and hates him. There's a woman who has driven her van into the ocean. Her kids are gone and she drove into the ocean. We don't know what happened to their campsite. Yeah. Was it a similar thing? Did nature like destroy them systematically as well? Uh we we don't know why, you know, like a possum and an eagle attack him we don't know like just each step of it is so it has a sense of like cosmic horror that feels like it borders on supernatural even like them ending up somewhere that's like we are nowhere near a beach you people are lost and then they keep passing the same arrow carved into a tree and they're like oh we're driving in circles but the next morning the arrow carved into a tree is like 10 feet away from the beach they were there the whole time it feels so like yeah supernatural horror uh and there's I I think like for my money maybe a small hint in that like uh there's a radio broadcast about some like nuclear testing site or something that they they hear on the radio and so it's like okay maybe there's some kind of like This is, like, nuclear waste runoff or, like, radiation that's, like, making everything weird. Uh, But, yeah, it just feels like nature is fighting back in a way that's beyond man's comprehension.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that I, like, it's the kind of thing I really love about... uh I feel like there's certain authors that when they write about nature, they don't get like, you know, real Walden about it. They don't get like real thorough about it in terms of like waxing poetic about like, Oh, the beauty of nature. And that like, realize that it's like a terrifying eternal thing that like exists longer than we ever will. Yeah. Like, again, I've mentioned this poem a million times, but the Ray, R- Ray Bad- Bradbury poem, there will come soft rains yes. is one of the like most it, like terrifying pieces of literature I read uh, when I was younger Because it was one of the first things that illustrated that after I die, like birds won't give a shit. Like, (laughs) like that, you know, grass will keep growing and like the sun will keep shining. And like every, like I am like, but a blip in terms of just like what exists uh, in the natural world. And uh, my favorite pieces of media are things that like understand that. And like, read it in a very matter-of-fact way um my favorite types of writing about nature are yeah.
1: that yeah I uh I kind of like roll my eyes at like uh Henry David Thoreau and like uh Walden um but like uh Annie Dillard uh is a nature essayist and like poet that I that I adore uh like Pilgrim at Tinker Creek is is one of her uh, uh like a piece of writing that I love uh but yeah she's you know a person who like writes about nature in a way that's like it is cruel and terrifying and largely indifferent to us and like often like beyond our comprehension or observation no you rules
0: know. that we play by
1: yeah and i i think that i uh am i think i was like primed to like have maximum enjoyment of this movie right now because uh weirdly the entire like man versus nature uh thing in like that literal sense uh has been on my mind a bunch recently because we're living through a global pandemic and uh it there is, literally
0: was like an earthquake four days ago
1: It was an earthquake four days ago uh but no like specifically like COVID 19 um you know if you check like cdc and world health organization uh you know websites it is like uh, basically the, the agreed upon thing is that this is a strain of a virus that likely originated in animals, most likely a bat. You know, it's a thing that probably came from bats because, uh, bats, uh, they're some huge percentage of Earth's mammals, uh, and like a large portion of all mammal population are bats, and a lot of bats carry a ton of viruses that, uh.
0: Similar to rats yeah. or, you know, things that are like large percentages. Yeah, yeah. And versus like, like something that you might get bit by like one time, like a pinniped. Right, um, right. Where it's like pinnipeds carry a lot of diseases, but like when are you ever gonna be bit by a fucking seal unless you're Buster Blue? Right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, loose seal. Uh, but no, like, you know, Rest bats. Yeah, bats carry a ton of viruses that, uh, yeah, if they, you know. If you inhale in the wrong spot, when there's a bat overhead, you're in danger of catching something from them. And it's something that like when there is a stronger separation of civilization and nature, uh, is, you know, not that big of a deal. If there's a bunch of bats in a cave and we're hanging out in a town that we've built, uh, You know, they have their viruses that don't affect them in the same way that they would affect the human population. Uh, But then we turn this cave into a tourist attraction and we, you know, bulldoze the surrounding area and force them to live under a highway overpass and uh, or like, you know, like Lyme disease, uh, like was not the problem that it was until uh, there's some like population of mouse or rat that uh tends to carry it and it's something where like if a tick bites you know this like white deer mouse or whatever it is uh that tick then has like a 90 percent chance of getting lyme disease and then carrying lyme disease to anyone else it bites or Uh,
0: alligators in a grocery store because you just built on into a swamp (laughs) right
1: right and so and so like the thing with these mice was that like they were not that big of a problem until we started you know pushing civilization into these ecosystems And the things that we push out are the natural predators that would control this mouse population. They can no longer like survive in these cities that we've built over their natural ecosystems, but these mice can. So the mice like continue unchecked and now Lyme disease is a rampant problem. And, you know, Zika and malaria and all of these things that we get from, you know, animals that, uh, become more and more of a problem. And I don't know why lately that's where my head's been with the virus. It's like, uh, in a very like literal and direct sense it is just nature fighting back it's just like the laws of nature these things that already existed before us and will exist after us uh, affecting us because we're fucking with them you know things that like humanity could have just as easily avoided and just like just don't go over there. You know, don't go in the scary basement. Don't read from like the book that's bound in human flesh. Don't
0: build a mansion in the Hollywood Hills and be surprised if a coyote eats your dog. Yes,
1: exactly. And so it's like it's it's one of those like where it really is just the the things that we learn from watching horror movies, that thing that feels really obvious in retrospect or from any outside perspective and it's playing out, you know, on this massive global scale in real time and we are like witnessing the repercussions in real time we are in the second act of the horror movie just like oh yeah that's what happens when you go fuck with all those bats
0: yeah and like i think that's one of the reasons why i really loved this double feature because it's basically a double feature that's like i mean both absolute bangers of movies like totally different but the theme is when it like (laughs) fuck around and find out with mother nature like yeah (laughs) absolutely
1: i mean tony jaw being the uh the avatar of vengeance for elephants but it's uh, you know and in the other it is just nature itself but it's uh bougie rich people in australia who are like i don't have to play by the rules of nature i am man the strongest thing of all and then they get fucked up they get wrecked
0: yeah like this is a double feature I would a hundred percent go to see because it's a really easy to market uh, you know just don't fuck with mother nature um, I swore a lot this episode I'm sorry I'm, I'm I think
1: I do every episode though
0: I feel like more than usual for me I'm just feeling mm-hmm. real sailory <laughs> um, but also because they're both movies that I feel like if you're not familiar with one you're definitely not familiar with the other um, and uh, I don't know, also like runtime-wise, just like yeah. that sweet spot of like ramp up and then chill out. I
1: was gonna say, yeah, we watched it uh, Protector first and then uh, Long Weekend. And I think that's the way to do it because Protector, usually I my temptation if I'm like programming these as an actual double feature is to put the action one second because it's high energy yeah. and it's like getting later and you're getting more tired because you've already watched a movie. So you want the like burst of action at the end to get you pumped but i i think you want the protector first because it's like such a you get hyped but there's not a lot of like it doesn't leave you with a lot to think about you're just like cool punches good kicks hell yeah there's not a lot of like substance to it i guess and then this one leaves you like Oh, <laughs> I got some like, stuff to think about. Yeah, like I'm still, I'm still unpacking that man. It's I'm a fantastic movie.
0: I really love the Long Weekend. I wish it was like up there in terms of like discussions about animal horror movies because yeah. there's a lot, there's, there's so much, and I love all of it. Um, but I think this one like deserves to be on a lot of rosters when yeah. it, it, whenever it comes to like those rankings. No, I'm, um, I'm gonna
1: watch it again a lot. I also I like last thing, last thing, uh, just. The you know I kept saying like this kind of like cosmic horror almost supernatural and I do feel that but like yeah it also is something that like as you said like so much of nature is you know like just vast and incomprehensible and so much like bigger and greater and grander than us like there's so many things that like were we not taught this by scientists who eventually discovered this after years of you know trial and error and generations of like what the fuck is happening so much of what we like take for granted in nature is like baffling and terrifying. Like, you know, he gets bit by the possum and I'm like, Oh, maybe that possum is rabid. But like, that's only because I like have been taught what rabies is, you know, it's a thing that we've like discovered and learned about, but you're just like, sometimes animals are just fucked up and angry and like, we don't like, that's just a thing that happens in nature. Oh, you don't know my rabies thing. What's your rabies thing?
0: I uh not as much as I used to, but for like 3 years every month I thought I like got rabies. You just thought you had rabies all the time? Well, because once you once you show symptoms, you're already dead. Oh shit. That's how rabies works. Oh, okay. Um and also you can like not show symptoms for I think the longest case was like 6 months. I could Whoa. be wrong. But the thing is uh as soon as you are bit, uh you have to immediately get the shots. But at no one has ever, I think, on record so far, shown symptoms and survived. Damn, um, I have no idea. Yeah, so I've like. I've been
1: bit by a lot of wild animals, I'm always like super cavalier about it. I'm exactly. Like, eh, well, there, nothing's going on, so I don't have rabies. And I didn't realize that if I knew I had rabies, I was already dead.
0: I believe <laughs> possums can't be carriers, but like a lot of other animals can be. Um, and so a lot of the cases where it's like, if you're already foaming at the mouth, you're already like showing the right. symptoms, symptoms of rabies, like bye bye. Wow. Um, so there's also a period of my life in which I was just like bitten by a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> even if it's just like friend dog where it's just like, Oh puppy got scared cause a car backfired or whatever. Yeah. And then I would just be sitting around and I'd be like, could I have rabies right now? Like the way women do when they like, well, anybody with like a uterus does when they think they're pregnant. Right. Right. Um, uh, but with rabies, (laughs) that's
1: amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, God, I feel like I'm going to do that now, now that I have this knowledge. Uh, but no, just all this to say, like, you know, I, I keep like referring to it as like vaguely supernatural, but also like, I don't know, man, maybe there's just a mold that does that really quickly. And like, you know, maybe, maybe dugongs are just really fucking hardy and like continue living for a while after you should like, it's, it's nature. Like maybe that shit just happens Nature's and it's terrifying. Yo. Nature is weird and scary. And so it's that sort of cordyceps? thing. Cordyceps? Like, yeah. Cordyceps are a thing. This cordyceps fungus that like zombifies ants. That's a thing that exists in nature and that's terrifying. And like, I, I feel like, you know, I could just as easily be on a camping trip and have surreal and terrifying shit start happening. And write it out because I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe birds just don't like people over here. Like I, birds just attack yeah. dudes. I guess that happens. I like, fuck, I don't know. I was in Laos once, and every dog that I saw chased me, and I was just like, all right, dogs don't like people here. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't assume like they're rabid or there's some second thing going on. I'm just like, oh, those dogs are. Those dogs don't like me. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, man. Nature's scary, and we shouldn't fuck with it.
0: No, we should have a very healthy respect for nature, and I have picked my snack pairing um, because don't fuck with Mother Nature is the uh, double feature pairing and I've picked my snack pairing and I don't need anything else for it. It's just one thing. Oh, it's animal crackers oh that's cute (laughs) but it's
1: got to be two things okay it's animal crackers for the protector because they eat all the animals all the like rare and exotic ones like you would find in animal crackers because i feel like animal crackers has like elephant rhino lion tiger they're probably eating all those uh and And a
0: hard-boiled egg
1: oh for the eagle egg that gets smashed against the tree the bloody eagle's egg yeah but
0: in this case it's like a hard-boiled one that like makes you feel uncomfortable to eat because you, by the time it gets smashed, you've been like eating this this hard-boiled egg in your seat.
1: Can you dye a hard-boiled egg like the way you dye Easter eggs? Yeah. But you, okay. Can you dye it red so it's like it's like a fertilized hard-boiled egg?
0: Yes. All right. So let's it's do a that. red hard-boiled egg and animal crackers. Awesome. Uh, what a demented snack pairing. Um. This was a uh episode that we like had to throw together very quickly and ended up being one of my favorites.
1: I really like it a lot. Uh, I love this pairing. And I didn't talk about Muay Thai as much as I thought I was gonna. Honestly,
0: this is like a two hour episode already, but I feel like it could have been a four hour one real easily. Yeah,
1: I was I was biting my tongue the whole time. Literally
0: the only reason why it's a two hour episode and not a four hour episode is because we've been awake for days. We've been awake for <laughs> days and also we haven't
1: recorded in like two or three weeks and I Missed it, baby.
0: I missed it too. We're back. Yeah, I feel uh, uh, feel like an extra again, and the, we're actually recording an episode this Sunday that I'm very excited about. uh I'm. I uh, do we spoil the movies? Are we? Li- I guess we can,
1: right? we can. We can tell can just, them. Can yeah, so we're doing uh the remake Evil Dead, which uh, Elijah watched
0: the first time, yeah, and I cannot wait for you to hear his reaction. That was the
1: first time watch for me, and I <laughs> I paired it with broken path or uh, attack of the yakuza how dare you uh and i okay i'm really stoked because uh the guest devon taylor uh i i don't know them personally uh and i know vanessa had uh spoken with devon them but messaged us uh, yeah and, and i i was basically i was like vanessa do you know like how down this guest is just like what do you mean and i'm like the movie that i really want to pair it with is not a not a good movie in the traditional sense. So we need someone who's gonna be into it. And I was really stoked when I when I sent that pick. Uh, Devon was like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm so relieved. Yes. Um
0: so uh Devon, if you're listening, we're very excited to have you we're on so and pumped. to record Sunday. I'm um, very self conscious about this Yes. Pic. No, I'm real pumped about it. Uh, but yeah, we're back, baby, uh, and uh, I sincerely hope you watch this double feature, because I also cannot think of something more perfect for spring, as like animals have its awakening, but we also are like releasing onto the world again soon, yeah. uh, to maybe be a little bit more mindful about the uh, footprints that we leave. Um, Don't uh, steal anyone's elephants Don't fucking steal an elephant And also if a little boy wins an elephant On your radio show give it to him Give him the elephant Give (laughs) him the elephant um, I'm feeling weird. I'm gonna smoke an entire joint and edit this episode. But you can find this podcast on uh, Kick Screen Pod on all forms of social media, where you can inter- interact with me or Elijah or incredible producer Sam. Um, and uh, you can find me on at Ness on all forms of socials. I have a couple articles on Fangoria.com right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: You do, <laughs> and they're really good. And, and in magazine, should go read them because my wife's cool.
0: <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, and uh, just some other fun stuff coming out soon uh man i don't know maybe haircut down the line what are you doing elijah
1: i'm just i'm just chilling
0: you have articles (laughs) on the patreon (laughs) doofus my
1: my favorite thing is when i give a stupid answer and then vanessa looks at me like what are you doing and gives me like surprised and angry face I, i live for it uh no you can find me on twitter i'm at elijah underscore pizza uh, and that's it. that's it. i mean, um, we're gonna be fully vaccinated soon, and when we are, I'm gonna be wrestling people in our backyard. So like, I don't know if you want to come over and spar sometime. Hit me up.
0: <laughs> also, I full, I fully, fully want to do a uh, if it's possible and like safe and healthy to do so, a fall winter tour, cause that would just be amazing.
1: That would be cool. Yeah, we want to do live shows. Uh. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Patreon. What
0: cities we're in so we could start yeah. figuring out where we'd like have an audience at because we have we have friends who have theater like have theaters. Who, we have friends who like curate at theaters in different cities so like it's actually kind of possible for us to like get a lot of these together.
1: Yeah, yeah. so let us know uh, and again if you would like to spar with me Elijah. in our backyard please hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Elijah underscore pizza and come over and we will fight She's shaking her head, no, but I am nodding my head, yes.
0: Come over if you want me to just like sit at our window with a coffee cup and just sip it intermittently while you fight (laughs) in our backyard.
1: No, it'll be fun, though. It's sparring. It's it's play fighting. You get better at fighting. And as
0: always, do what you can to support your local movie theaters, because we want to go to those soon, and so you can fight Elijah in the aisles. Yeah. Uh, so you can throw each other around in the aisles i feel like we're gonna fucking do a tour and have to sign a waiver because someone's gonna break your collarbone man that's yeah, gonna be awesome Ugh, my, Elijah. my
1: favorite shit was uh real quick r- one more last tangent uh when we did a martial arts demonstration <laughs> before a movie at the uh, philadelphia unnamed film festival uh, a few years back it was me and my brother joe And it was not a planned martial arts demonstration, but the projectionist, uh, could like, wasn't gone. They had like taken a break at the wrong time. No one could find them. They couldn't start the movie. So the person running the festival pulled us aside and was like, Hey, I know you guys like have that film series in Denver where you do like martial arts stuff. This is an action movie. Can you do one of those and just like buy time? And I'm like, yeah, how much time do you need? We'll just go out there and fight. (laughs) She's like as much time as you can buy. So we go out, we do a martial arts demonstration. And at the series in Denver, people, like, knew me, and we had our regulars, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're the host of this martial arts series. At this film festival in Philadelphia, I was just some guy who wandered in. I had not, like, introduced any other film there, and so I was like, I don't know why this made sense to me. I was like, I need to buy credibility quickly with this audience. It was also a bigger audience than we'd ever done it for, so I was like, all right, so, you know, I, I am a professional fighter, you know, I uh, have... have uh, martial arts or like self-defense before I was like uh I'm sort of qualified but would anyone here like to fight me and no one raised their hand I was like cool I'm more qualified than any of you I was like if none of you can confidently fight me right now
0: you know what? That's a good measuring stick. Right. I like that uh, measuring stick. And I,
1: I realized after the fact, like, if if someone in there had been like, yeah, I'm a fighter, I would have been obligated to just fight a stranger in a movie theater. But so, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have waivers uh, for kicking and screaming live because we're taking on all comers, baby.
0: <sighs> and as always, support your local movie theaters uh, so that you can one day... Kick Elijah in the chest in one. Uh and we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.